for me, it's that fear. When you sit down, you're like, all right, I, this has got to be good. No, it doesn't. Just fucking write. Just type. Yeah. And if you That's sit down, I like, because do. I sit, every time I sit down to write, I think of it as I'm now going to work. And that is a different mindset than even if I was making money, like even if I got a 20, let's just say a $20,000 advance to write a new novel, right? Yeah. That would be work. I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. Don and David get a little saucy, so be forewarned, your sensitivity is not their problem. The Literate Apecast is for people who can handle both their liquor and their gag reflex. Oh you're having okay. So, so we missed last week. I don't know if anybody noticed that we missed last week. <laughs> Nobody noticed we missed last but week. We missed last week because <laughs> we, re, you and I sat and talked for an hour and a half to record, and then at the end of it, you noticed that you'd only recorded twenty minutes of it before your recording device shut down. Yeah, and I considered actually just posting a, a, a podcast of me talking with you but no one can hear you just me literally just responding to because it like, made me like laugh. garfield minus garfield yeah you know yeah. and i i thought about that and then i went nah let's just blow it off and we'll we'll record next week and and that kind of stuff now you're having a, a particularly taxing time I mean, as a as a young father aren't you it's it's not even taxing it's just it's the annoyance that can come with parenthood. So Harry is, you know, he's at the stage where he doesn't want to nap. And when he doesn't nap, it ruins the rest of his day because he's grumpy and shitty and he just wants to play. And I get it. Like, you just want to play, kid. You want to watch movies and play with your toys and run around the house. I get it. So today, we have the, we have the ape cast to record and he needs to take a nap. And Katie's not here because she's working an open house and he just, he won't, he won't go to sleep and he won't even stay in his room. I'm like, you don't have to sleep. Just stay in your room and play with all of your puzzles, all of your toys, all of your books in your room. And he has so much fun shit to play with, but no, he just wants to be out in the living room. Even if he pl- he's like, I'll play quietly. I'll play quietly. I'll play quiet. Yeah. Until you fucking come back at the you, door it, in three it, minutes. It, it makes you want to go back in time to the earlier part of the 20th century. And when they were proposing, child labor laws to punch them in the fucking face because if your kid if you could send him out to like use those tiny little fingers to like make iPhones yeah well then he would be working and you wouldn't have right. to worry if about he, it if he had a he job could, to go to that would be he'd nice he'd be contributing yes. to the fucking family right. instead of screaming and whining yeah right. okay like last night he we put him to bed and then he woke up like an hour or two later and he, I'm hungry I'm hungry I'm hungry for a fucking hour straight just that rhythmic whine i can't i can't do the whining it's gonna break me like between him whining and molly whining and katie talking like i'm just i'm gonna i'm gonna snap i'm gonna snap you know i don't think you'll snap quiet yeah, no, I well, and you know what it reminds me of? Uh, I just watched, and I'm not actually recommending it. I mean, it's a good thing. It's not one of my three things, but I watched a movie uh, last night, The Vanished. 
Okay. With yeah. Thomas Jane's and and Anne Hache. Yeah. And uh, and it it. I you know I don't I don't give a fuck about spoilers. It's a brand new movie, but whatever. The, the whole thing is that they go. I mean, first of all, the the thing that's really notable is that Jason. Wait Patrick, a minute, you don't give a fuck about spoilers, but maybe yeah, other yeah. people do. Yeah, yeah. Well, fuck them. Uh, Jason Come Patrick on. is fat. Jason Patrick is fat. I mean, it's like Jason Patrick said, "Hey, I used to be hot and studly." And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to take a cue from Russell Crowe and Marlon Brando and just just be fat. So that that's the first thing you see him. You go, fuck. That's the guy from Speed Two. Jesus Christ, he got fat. That's the first. Wait, thing there was you a Speed Two. Yeah. Was without Keanu Reeves. Yeah, Keanu Reeves was out of the picture. It was Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock Jason- was in it. Yeah, and and Jason Patrick was sort of the 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 hot stud that you know she gets in a weird was, situation in. Was Jason Patrick? Is he, it was on the water. Who is, who is he? Look him up. It's Jason Patrick. He, I mean, he used to be like this really hot, studly, take my shirt off. And in this movie, he's just a dumpy looking middle aged guy with uh, very little hair. I mean, he's still Jason Patrick. He's still. A Are good you looking saying guy, that I'm now a dumpy middle aged man? Is that what you're saying? I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying Jason Patrick is. Am I Jason Patrick in this analogy? Are no. you making an analogy? Where's this going? No. Anyway, is Anne Hayes still a lesbian? What's happening? I'm sure she is. But anyway, I'll, I'll, here's the spoiler. If you're going to watch The Vanished, just j- jump a, a minute or two. Just jump ahead. I don't give a shit. I'm going to tell you. The thing about it is they, they basically are out. They're out. They've got their little girl. they got their 10-year-old girl. They're out there. They're singing 99 bottles of beer on the wall. This kind of shit. They're going camping, right? Okay. So they get to camping, and then all of a sudden, their fucking daughter disappears. They can't find her. Nobody knows where they where she is. They're like they've got the neighbors. You know, they get the the not neighbors. The people in the RV next to them. You got the you know the creepy guy that owns the place. It's like oh Jason Patrick come. So they're searching through the fucking woods looking for these kids. Well, and hey, she's fucking nuts. And you're like, what the fuck, man? How's Thomas Jane's handle this shit? Because I <laughs> I'd put a pistol in her mouth. God damn it, she's nuts. <laughs> And so she ends up going. They see this guy in the woods. They think he's a convict that may have their daughter. She crawls over him while he's sleeping there, grabs the pistol, and accidentally shoots him in the fucking head. But they don't tell the cops. They don't tell the cops they just shot some dude in the head because he's a convict. He probably deserved it, right? Turns out, no, this was just a survivalist out in the fucking woods. So then they accuse uh, the, the couple that are in the RV next to him that they stole their kid, right? And they get out in the in the in, in the water and they start accusing him. Well, all hell breaks loose. Thomas Wait. James <laughs> stabs the guy and kills him. So now they've killed two people. Here's the best part. Here's the best part. It's all because they're looking for their missing kid. Yeah. You find out at the end of the fucking movie, and here's the ultimate spoiler: is that their kid died ten years ago, and what they. The- their kid died 10 years ago and they've got some sort of like psychological problem where they they keep reliving the, the their child because they can't let go of the fact that their kid's dead so they keep reliving this thing so they really legitimately on some level think their kid's there but uh. the kid's not there so when the kid disappears they don't even know how to handle this well everybody so else thinks like- 
is is when the kid disappears. Is that when they like snap out of it for a second? No, like no, no, no. They they don't snap out of it. I, I and, and there's some nice moments where if you when, once you know that's the reveal that you know because Jason Patrick figures it out mm-hmm. at the end. He figures it out. It's like wait a minute. There's a picture of them when she's pregnant, and it's and there you can see the twin towers in the background. Mm-hmm. There's no way she, she'd be 17 now. She wouldn't be 10. Yeah. The fuck. And so he finally investigates the kid and realizes the kid's been dead for 10 years and you know it's like oh my god it's crazy and so that's what i'm thinking is maybe you just get rid of harry and then lie and say it's just like that movie with thomas james and ann (laughs) hache well here's the thing is i don't want to get rid of him and it's not that bad like i'm fine i don't yeah whatever it's this is just like normal boring parenthood you know the the it's Bill Cosby jokes for fuck's sake. I mean, that's yeah, that's what it is. That's, <laughs> that's what, what it this is. is. This is like this is matinee stand-up comedy. You All know, right, my wife and this and that. But here's the thing: is I I wouldn't. We were watching Cars three this morning. Can you still Can you hear, hear him screaming? Yeah, yeah, I have stuffed. He is in his his bedroom with the door closed. I have stuffed a blanket at the crack of the door. I've got a sound machine on. I've stuffed. Two towels at the crack of my door to help lock this thing out. Oh, my God. That kid's God. got pipes. I, I mean... Oh, yeah. Well, that's... Kids do that. Kids do that. All so right. we, were, we were watching Cars 3, and th- there's this, like, scene where <sighs> Lightning McQueen's old crew chief, like, there's this father-son moment kind of thing, and it, it's really touching. And I was just thinking, like, oh, yeah, Harry, I love my son. I really do. Like, he's a pain in the ass, but he's totally worth it. That said, if I had never had him... I wouldn't miss it. I'd yeah. be enjoying. I would find love in other things. See, I would enjoy. See, the thing things. is, while, while I will, while while I will criticize uh, the fact that you were watching car, Cars Two, is that what you said you were watching? No, we were watching Cars Three. Cars Three. Okay, so I'm going to criticize you for watching Cars Three. Why? I have a two year old at home. It's not that bad of a movie. There's a lot of good Pixar films that you're missing out on. That's a really bad movie. Anyway, it's much um, better than a lot of the other ones he wants to watch. I don't have a child over three marriages. No child, and I can still get a little misty on a father son moment. Sure. You know, and I, I, I always. I don't did need get misty. the fucking kid. I don't need the fucking to, kid no, to totally. have that feeling. Yeah, like I didn't, I didn't need, <laughs> I didn't need Harry to make me love feel like Field of Dreams gets me choked yeah, up. Yeah, I've watched it since I've, I, I have a dad and a son now, and it's like I get double choked up because it's getting me from here, both angles. But, but here's the thing: I my natural father was a shitbag, so I don't even have a father that I can say yeah. Or a son, and I still can watch Field of Dreams and enjoy it. That's that's fine, and that that just proves my point is that really what is your point? You don't need kids to enjoy life. There you go. That's exactly right. All right. So last <laughs> week we talked for like ninety minutes about two subjects, and so we're going to re-talk about them because we, uh, you know, because it was so filled with such great it was great insight I hope it's, and if it's content. Half as good as last week. Yeah, insight and content. I don't remember right. what, but but one of the things that, uh, as as you know, and I think for those who listen know, um, I'm now now I'm about uh, three weeks into. Three weeks in. mm-hmm. Three weeks into uh, making a living as a senior copywriter for a Denver-based company, it's all remote work. I'm kind of figuring out my rhythm, that kind of stuff. But I, for the first time in my, 
adult life and for that matter my childhood life and, and be able to say if you say what do you do for a living I can say I'm a writer and one of the things that uh, you and I talked about was the possibility you know that, that when you get when you're a writer when you love to write and you get a writing job where now you're getting paid to write bullshit copy right um, does it stop being fun mm-hmm and one of the things Dana and I have laughed, we've laughed about it, is first of all, I'm getting a lot of positive feedback from the the folks that hired me. They're, they're, they're enjoying the content that I'm churning out, you know? That's good. And a lot yeah. Of, yeah and, and, and a lot of it is it's like I'm doing a video script for some sales. I mean, it's a sales company, right? Yeah. So I'm doing a lot of uh, videos. I'm writing scripts for videos. Every once in a while, we get a client that needs an email drip campaign and they need you know and it's like well the other day it was like yeah um, one of our clients went in and rewrote all his copy on his campaign but now he's not happy with it could you take a look at it and I said do you want me to look at it for clarity you want me to rewrite it well for now just make it so it's readable so I went in and you know he's not a good writer and and, and, you know and, and well, and the thing is, it's not its not that he's, maybe this guy's a great writer, but the thing is, you're, he's so inside his own business that he yeah. can't clarify it in a way that's interesting. So I just cleaned it up. Well, then he's like, no, this sucks. And I'm like, dude, you fucking wrote it. Of course it sucks. So <laughs> I went in and I played with it a little bit and then I did some stuff and then all of a sudden it's amazing. And the thing about it is, it's not. I, I almost feel guilty that somebody's paying me to do this because it's mm-hmm. not that fucking hard, you know. I mean, no, but I guess that's maybe- why they're paying you to do it because to you, it's it, it's natural to write things. I guess you know, that's like, fair. You still you still sit down and you you try. You make an effort. Yeah. And but yeah, it comes naturally to you. So it's to you, it's not that hard. To other people, it's really hard. I guess you know? so. Because uh, yeah, because that's the thing is after working. A swing shift at a fucking casino for a year and a half. This doesn't feel like work, man. This, I mean, I mean, you know. Yeah. And the thing about it is, I'm I'm cranking out. I mean, it's not like I'm, you know, it's like, I mean, I've got my own time. So I love having my own time. I love being able to go. Yeah, now I'm, now I am going to take a nap and mm-hmm. not play with my toys. And now I'm going to walk over <laughs> to the fucking casino and I'm going to just drop a hundred bucks and see if I can make some more money out of just gambling and. Maybe I'm going to take a walk in the park out in the beautiful Nevada weather. It's like, you know, this is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, I've been writing, I've been a professional writer for... Ever? uh, Most, I mean, most of my career now, since 2006, at least. Yeah. Because I was in radio right out of college. You know, I got to... Yep. Yeah. Um, And it's... Yeah, it's it's not as much fun. You know, I used to write for for me, um, for fun, just to like to get it out, to it, to emote. To I had these stories, and I would just write them, and be like I don't know, here they are, and I would email them to friends. You know, I had like a, a email list. You know, before blogging was a thing, um, and then I blogged for a bit, and we have Littered Ape and all that. And I I don't know when it stopped being fun. When it stopped being enjoyable because when I sit down to write even something I'm really excited about like I have a story idea and I'm like oh yes I know I I, I want to do this I don't know where it's going to go yet but let's find out I sit down and I'm just like oh shit I got to sit down and type some more again I've been doing this all week I've been doing this 
for everybody else. I need to take some, I want to write for me, but I don't want to write. And it's just this, it, it loses its, its shine. So the trick is to keep it, keep that from happening. You know? Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it, I don't understand. I mean, and I may be granted, granted, I've been doing three weeks, but, uh, I mean, one of the things I found in this third week, the, the you know, first week it was like, all right, I'm going to work, I'm going to work seven to three. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do is I'm just going to crank it on there and I'm going to do that. And then I realized, oh, wait a minute. I'm not really taking advantage of the idea that I'm remote and mm-hmm. that, that everybody I work with has got different hours. I mean, I got a, a designer that lives in Belfast and yeah. a marketing account manager that lives in Mexico. You know, so it's a, there's not really a standard eight hour shift that anybody, mm-hmm. you know, and so I went, all right, well, if that's the case, then I don't have to fucking work seven to three i can i can work a couple hours here a couple of, well then this week what i realized was that week is i was doing a lot of writing but i wasn't really doing any of my writing mm-hmm. i wasn't really working on the stuff that i wanted to work on yeah and right now right now i'm actually working on uh the casino book you know right. the book about the casino and so like i want to i want to crank out some of that and work on that a little bit so instead of kind of segregating it basically what i did this week was i would work on some stuff for work and then once I'd start to kid, if I if I'd hit a wall or I'd go, God, I can't look at that screen anymore. I'd switch over to my iPad and I would start working on my stuff and mm-hmm. write my stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'd do that for a little while and then maybe play a video game, you know, jerk off, uh, yep. eat some lunch. Then I go back to the work. As long and that's what I realized. As long as I'm giving them effectively eight hours of my day, sure. It doesn't fucking matter how, you know, if it's 15 minutes here and then two hours there. And it's like, as long as by the time I go to bed, I've I've done the work mm-hmm. and I feel good about the work. Now, the difference is that this guy that's hired me, he's really more about quantity of writing. But I think he's starting to come around because at one point he was like, okay, it took you longer to get this one script, but this script is fucking great. Yeah. He said, how many drafts? Is this? I said, "Oh, that's my first draft." He said, "What does that care how many drafts?" Well, because he's fascinated. Because yeah, in his perspective, oh, he's just fascinated by this. Well, yeah, by the process of he's of it, paying. Yeah. He's paying, and and he wants you know he wants speed. So what he's what he wants yeah. is he wants that quality, but he wants it fast. And I yeah. get that. And all I told him, I said, "Well, that's my first draft." I said, "Now I take." I, I said, "My perspective is I take longer probably than what you're used to doing." Um. Uh, with my first draft because I'd rather have my first draft be as good as I can make it. Mm-hmm. And then when I go into copy edit it, then I'm, then instead of going, oh, I've totally fucked this, it's like, okay, now I'm just fixing typos, spelling errors, some punctuation stuff, mm-hmm. and, and then moving things around, maybe eliminating uh, filler language, that kind of stuff. And he goes, oh, he said, okay, all right. He said, he said, you know, he said, I don't really care how fast you're going, as long as it's coming out like this, then then I guess I'm happy. And I said, great. Yeah, good. Yeah. So so yeah, that's going really well. But yeah, I'm 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 finding, I'm having a lot of fun, dude. No, I I love. I think that that's great. I think that there is, and I, like, of of course you're good at this. That doesn't surprise me one bit, not one bit. And I love that they're loving you. Yeah, that's that's fun. That's you know, that, that feels good. Yeah. I mean, I can remember when I got my first after I left radio, and I started writing corporate communications at MGM Grand for the MGM Grand organization. Um, they were there was a lot of like, wow, this is like because it was just like a new, fresh way of doing it because I didn't give yeah. a shit. I'm like, you guys hired me to do what I want to do, or because you liked me enough. Yeah. Also, my best friend at the time was my manager, so he, you know he kind of pushed me through, but still. Um, that was a lot of fun. 
you know? And then it it just, I, I think that... When Is you, it when you start to give a shit? That's when you, it's that's when when you it stops start being fun? It's when you start to give a shit. When you realize, like, okay, I am good at this. Here's some serious success stuff. Here's how I did it. I don't want to mess it up again. I need to maintain this level of quality. Oh, and, see... You and I are very different in that regard. Maybe that's why it's less fun for you, and why it's you know, it, you know. Again, you know, I've been doing it my whole life. But the the fact is, to me, it's not that much different than storytelling or theater, or producing events or anything like that. It's a thing I like to do. I don't give a shit. I mean, not that I don't give a shit. It's not yeah. like I don't care. I still want to do. I want to do good work for the money they're paying me. Mm-hmm. But I'm also, I, and maybe this is just because that's how my career is. It's like, if, if, if all of a sudden, it, I mean, literally, if this guy calls me tomorrow and says, you know what, we can't afford you anymore, or your work sucks, or bye, mm-hmm. I'll find another job. Yeah. I mean, I'll find a way to make money so that so that the bills are paid. I'm not, and that's the thing is, that was one of the things uh, I was thinking about, both with this job coming, coming up and the pandemic, is... The guy that I'm working for is big sales, big, make a lot of make millions of dollars. I'm mm-hmm. making $40 million a year kind of guy. Yeah. And none of his stuff, I don't give a shit about that. Yeah. I mean, if, you know, if I made $100,000 a year, I'd be on. And it's not, not like I would say no, right. but my bills are paid. Mm-hmm. I'm making enough money. I have enough money to be able to go and drop $100 gambling. I have enough money that Dana and I can go on trips once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just bought a fucking new car. It's not like I'm hurting for money. Right. So right. what the fuck else? I'm, what do I need? What more do I need than what I have? I'm I'm in good shape. So it's like all my clothes fit, yeah. um, and they're not threadbare. You know, I'm not walking around and look like a homeless guy. I don't smell like piss. You know, I bathe every day. It's like, what's the big deal? Why am I so so? I'm really not worried about losing the job or not well, delivering. I'm just going to do what I'm going to do, and either you're going to pay me to do it, or I'll get somebody else to pay me to do it. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing: is that you can never. It's really hard to smell yourself, so you probably do smell like piss. But oh, that's, that's fair. but that's beside the point. Yeah, I mean, there is a. I imagine your house smells like baby. I uh, I don't know what the hell my house smells like because we don't leave it. And yeah, um, I, last night it smelled really good because Katie was cooking, so there was that. Um, but yeah, today it probably smells like you don't know. Well, it's yeah, like Joe. Joe has Joe has like five cats, and I don't even think he has Joe's- any idea that his fucking house smells like cat piss. Yep. The whole Dana Dana before uh-huh. we left from Chicago, Dana was like gonna come in and 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 help him clean his house as a birthday gift. And I walked in. I hadn't been in Joe's apartment a long time. I walked in, and it was so rank of cat that I turned around and said, Dana, you're on your own. I'm going to go down to the coffee shop. <laughs> and and they both looked at me like, what's your fucking problem? You're just going to leave? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. No, yeah. there's no fucking way I'm sitting in this mess. Cats are weird. I, I, and you're like, are you a cat or a dog person? Like, I, I like cats perfectly fine. I don't want to own a cat and certainly would never, I mean, never say never, right? But, you know, don't yeah. own two because cats piss and shit in your house. Like, that's what they're supposed to do and you have a box for them to piss and shit in. And it smells like cat piss and shit all the time. All and the I time. just, I don't understand. 
Especially why single people do that. Because you're not going to get people to come, unless they're other creepy, stinky cat people, that come over and be like, hey, let's let's get busy here in this cat piss shit cloud. This cat shit piss cloud. Yeah? Yeah. I don't yeah, know how I mean, we got on that. The not, the not giving a shit about the writing, That's that yeah. is the trick. And that is the... For me, it's that fear. When you sit down, you're like, all right, I, this has got to be good. No, it doesn't. Just fucking write. Just yeah. type. And if you That's sit down... I like Because every time I sit down to write, I think of it as I'm now going to work. And that is a different mindset than... Even if I was making money, like even if I got a 20... Let's just say a $20,000 advance to write a new novel, right? Yeah. That would be work. But I would have to convince myself, like, no, man, just fucking... It's not work. You're just telling the thing a story. Is, just because I'm getting paid for it, this is not work. Go right. to the goddamn casino and fucking uh, doing a count of $89,000 and making sure every bill is counted so that you can put it in the ATM kiosk that needs replenishing and dealing with fucking assholes who don't want to wear their masks and you know ordering bar... That's work. Mm-hmm. This is not work. So I, I, it doesn't matter that I'm getting... I mean, I am thrilled. You... You have no clue. I am so fucking overjoyed that they're giving me fucking money to do this. Yeah. That I don't, I don't, there's, uh, this is not work. It's great. I mean, it is, you get the, the recognition and it's, it's an appreciation for your, for your work, for the thing that you're naturally good at, for the thing that you enjoy doing. Like, it's a joy. I love doing it. And I would be doing that thing. I would be writing this much. Even if I weren't getting paid for it, I mean, I wouldn't be writing sales scripts, but I would yeah. be writing because I'd love to write. I, I, it's just a thing I love to do, and so I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah, I mean, it's the fact that they're paying me is sort of like the craziest gravy I ever heard of. And you should be proud of that work. I mean, I it, th- that's the kind of stuff you can go back to. Like I save, I, I have all my clippings, almost all of my clippings from everything I've ever written. Um, I mean, sometimes I'll go back to that stuff and be like, ah, see how clever I was? See, wasn't that good? See how capable I am of doing this? See how people liked it? Do it again. Just do it again. Just and write how did shit. You, how did you do it last time? I don't know. You just fucking did it. There was, I used to cover, uh, uh, when I was living in Las Vegas, I was writing for a men's magazine covering the sex nightlife industry. So I would like, I'd have to go in and like, do strip club reviews. And, uh, you know, I... I one of them I, I wrote from the point of view of my libido. Like, oh, I just, love that. I just, I just sat down yeah, to write the review. Yeah, you said that last week. I love that. It was just yeah. like, I don't know, David, you know, this, I, I don't even remember, like, I don't know where it came from. It, I, just when I sat down to get the story done in time, you know, to hit the deadline, that's just what came out. You know, have you seen, have you seen a, a, a futile and stupid gesture? Uh, Will Forte, Will Forte no. plays Doug Kinney, who's the guy who started uh, National Lampoon. Right. What is it called? And a it's called A Futile and Stupid Gesture. It's a line from Animal House. Yeah. But that's the title of the movie. It's not a great movie. I'm not going to lie. It's not like, oh, this is the greatest movie. But I ended up watching a back and forth. I watched the new Belushi documentary, which is very good. Okay. And, and you should watch it. It's it's different than what I expected to be, and I really enjoyed it. What's that but one then, called? I'm Better Than My Brother Ever Could Be? No, it's just called Belushi. Oh. Um, and that's on my title's better I think I think yeah of course I think it's showtime and then all of a sudden just because I was kind of in that mode of that 1980s sort of SNL kind of Mm -hmm. that kind of 
thing, I see this movie, you know, a, a, a futile and stupid gesture, and I went, oh, that's about Doug Kenny from National Lampoon. He wrote Animal House. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me see. You know, let's let's intersect the time frame. Like I said, it's not the greatest movie I ever saw, but what I loved about it was these guys just didn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. They literally just didn't give a fuck. He put together a, 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 a writer's room full of people that were just hateful and funny. Yeah. And they just wrote and somebody but and somehow they managed to get it published and it and it was well received. And so it's like bottom line is that's it. And it's what I was telling the the copywriter that is actually my one direct report, you know, and, and I'm supposed to, I'm copying and he's a little he's a little timid. He's he's young, he's twenty three, mm-hmm. he's his his entry into writing is I don't want to work retail anymore. What right. can I do at home? I mean, that's, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. He does. I'd, I'd I'd rather I'd rather do something sitting here and I can and I can string together sentences. So maybe I'll be a writer. And he's getting paid as a writer, which is fine. He's not a great writer. Um, he's not bad by any means. But that's one of the things. And it's like uh, the the CEO is telling him he's gotta he's gotta read these books about sales, like like winning through intimidation oh, and all this God. kind of shit. Because he needs to write like a killer. And I went, so I went back to him and I said, yeah, don't bother reading that shit. I said the only advice I'm gonna give you is swing for the fences every time. Yeah. And he goes, what does that mean? I said, get creative. Write for you. Don't write for what you think they are looking for. Write the, just get as outrageous and crazy as you can get. Get out, you know, yep. and swing for the fences, I said, because it's always easier to tone something down than it is to fucking beef it up if you wrote tepid copy to begin with. Yep. And uh, he hasn't quite figured that out, but we were, you know, he was, that, that's been an interesting and interesting because my perspective for everything, my whole life, every moment, swing for the fucking fences every goddamn time. Yeah, that's that's a really good piece of advice. Is right for you and don't give a shit. I mean, that's when you don't give a fuck. That's when the best stuff comes out. I mean, think about think about Paul McCartney or Phil Collins. Sure. Right, like in their in their early years, they were turning out great shit. Like Genesis and the, yeah, uh, what was McCartney's band? Uh, the wings. The, uh, yeah, he, was wings. In, he was in Wings. What was the one before that? Uh, the the uh, God damn it, the Ladybugs. The the Animals. The Animals. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So in in McCartney's first band, the Animals. Maybe it was the second band. Whatever. Like that was great shit. Almost every song that they turned out was brilliant. And the same thing with his partner, right? When John, when he and John Legend were working together, writing that music <laughs> for the Animals. They were turning out great stuff, but then they got older, and they got they got invested. You've suddenly become Norm Crosby of names. You understand that? <laughs> Norm Crosby, when he was with his band Norm Crosby, Stills and Cash, there Johnny you go. Cash, and uh, and and Stallone, who yes. was Tango and Cash. <laughs> The fuck are you doing? It's like you just I'm keep now messing. confusing myself. I don't even know where I am anymore. <laughs> there, nobody knows what you're talking about. <laughs> but but no, but we do. We know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. But like when you get older and you get invested in your own shit, and this becomes like you are the musician, you are the writer. Your stuff starts to kind of suck because you begin to give a shit because you have investments because you can't just blow it all because you have to support a family or or. You're not struggling anymore, and you, you, you can't afford to not give a fuck. You know, I think sure that's, a big, that's a big... 
You can. Yes, you can. That's what I'm sure getting at. You, so can. you can, but it's much harder to do. It's not hard Don, to do. Look. It's just about an attitude. It's like I get I, I do, I get it. How could how could Jeff Bezos ever survive on a million dollars a year? Well, you know, it wouldn't be that fucking hard. No, it, it wouldn't be, but that's different. No, that's, it's not that's different. different. There is if your bills if, are if paid, I, your bills are paid. If you don't have a whole lot of fucking yeah, extra, but it's not even about you can the, live without that. You but it's not eat, even about can, the money. I don't it's about, need. It's about there's the, so much shit I don't need. You know, I mean, we are so full of bullshit. It's like I'll, I'll give you an example. I'm going to give you. No, I'm going to give you an example. But it's not about the money. My wife. That thing is, it's not about the money. But we we are so used to spending money on bullshit that if you just spent the money on the stuff you needed, I'll give you. I'm going to give you an example. Um, so like Dana got for Christmas, she got this spice thing, right? She got this, uh, like a, a, a gift certificate for a spice company, right? Okay. So she ordered some spices. And one of the things I'm noticing, I'm looking at this, it, it, she didn't get this, but I was noticing it's like, there's all this spice. And all of a sudden there's this, there's garlic salt. Okay. And it's salt flavored like garlic. And I went, what the fuck do you need garlic flavored salt? Salt is a fucking flavor. What, why do you need to put garlic in salt? Just buy some salt and buy some garlic and you've got, and you combine them. Oh my God. Why would you pay extra money for salt flavored like garlic? This is stupid. I agree. However, we, we have spend, we have that as well. We will spend yeah. we will spend money on this shit all the time, and so I look at it. I go, "There's so little that we actually need." I'll get, another example: Dana and I were like, "We got to get the fuck out of Dodge." You know, we're in it's, we're in the middle of a pandemic. We don't want to go someplace where it's really busy all that stuff. I said, "I want to go to Valley of Fire." And Valley of Fire is is just this place out in the middle of uh, Nevada that is this amazingly beautiful. It used to be an ocean, you know, all this kind of shit. And it's just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Outside, it's, you know, ordinarily it's, you know, it's so fucking hot. If you go in the summer, you're going to boil your fucking eyeballs off. <laughs> but this was, you know, it's in the winter, so it's 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 much nicer. It's still sunny. We still, you know, we still wore a mask because there were plenty of people walking around. But, you know, we spent the day, it was 10 bucks, 10 bucks to drive our car into what is an 80,000 acre or I actually know it's bigger than that. It's like 400,000 acres. Whatever. It's this huge yeah. national... It's not even a national park. It's a state park. But we spent the entire day just looking at shit, mm-hmm. walking around, and uh, and it was a blast. I spent 10 bucks. She brought... You know, we ended up... And then we ended up uh, going to... Oh, fuck. I can't remember. Like, it's just a... Ta- like this one-horse fucking town just out in the middle of fucking nowhere. Mm-hmm. And Danny said... Are you hungry? And I said, yeah, I am. She goes, you want Mexican food? I went, all right. So we go to this place. This is the only fucking restaurant in this town mm-hmm. called La Fonda. And it's just this shitty Mexican place. La Fonda? That's what it was called. Isn't that the name of the girl of, of Kip's girlfriend from Napoleon Dynamite? Maybe so. Yeah. <laughs> all I know is the name of this place is La Fonda. So we funny. sat down. We sat down. And I am telling you, the food... <laughs> The food was fucking phenomenal, and it didn't cost us anything. And I went, okay, see, we could have gone to the Strip and gone to a very high-end Mexican place and dropped, ah. you know, 70 bucks on something to eat, 
Instead, we dropped like 30 bucks, and I had two giant fucking chicken chimichangas stuffed full with juice and garlic salt. What the, so there you go. Yeah, I mean, the best Mexican is the shit street Mexican. Not yeah. even shit. Shit's, that, that's, that's insulting. It's the street Mexican. But like, the dirtier, closer to the street that it is, the better, more authentic it is. That's, yeah, it tastes yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. No, but I'm not, I'm not talking about like the, the money that like... You know, if, if you're making a million or two million or whatever, I'm talking about the concern that comes with, um, God, what is everyone going to think? That shit gets in your way. And you being the general or me, not, not you. I know not you. Because I don't really care. But I'm, I'm just putting out, and I think... I mean, I like it if you like it, but if you don't, I don't give a shit. I, and that's what all writers need to stick with. All artists need to stick with that. The not giving a shit. Remember why you started doing it in the first place? And remember what got you good and what got you noticed was not giving a shit, giving no fucks, uh, pulling no punches, fucking yeah. yeah. And it, but it gets harder when, in my experience, it gets harder when you get a girlfriend or a wife and then a kid and a, a job that you want to hang on to because you don't want to punch somebody's face in too hard with it because what if that costs you your wife or your kid or your job well There's you know and which, which may be irrational fears but i know that I, I was a much more productive stronger writer when i <laughs> when i was single well and, you, you know this is the thing you know? and, and this is this is my perspective is if 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 all of a sudden i lost my job and because I lost my job, and I was, I don't, you know, just, I, I, you know, like I, and I, and I had an inability to work anyplace else. And the best I can do is play my trumpet on the fucking street for, you know, chits. Okay. And Dana said, "I'm divorcing you because you don't have a job." Well, then I married the wrong person. Of course. You know, of then course. then what yeah. a fucking huge mistake. What reminds me of is I remember a girl I dated in high school. Who broke up with me because my car wasn't cool enough. And it's like, okay, there you go. You know what I mean? It's like, fuck you. I'm glad you broke up with me because you, your, your pussy wasn't so good that I'm going to get a better car right. for it. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, and what you're saying is, I don't want to lose my wife. I don't want to lose my house. If ultimately you lose your house because you can't no, pay no, for it. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that I would lose my wife. And again, I'm speaking generally. I'm just talking about... I'm, I'm speaking generally. The... You want your the last thing that I want, and this is this now I'm talking about me. Yeah, the last thing that I want is for Katie to read something I wrote and be like, "This is shit. This was not good, and it's offensive." And da da da, da like just every negative critique that she could give me. Um, and she's done that before. And I have to get better at going, I don't give a fuck what she thinks. There, she, She's not the audience. That's fine. And be done with it. That's yeah. the, that is the trick, I think, to... And some, I, I, I say this to you. I think you're going to be fine because you're older and wiser as you're beginning I'm, your professional writer career. I'm definitely older. I don't know if I'm wiser, but I'm definitely older. I'd like to be wiser, but well, that's, I think that that's some, a work in progress. I think that wisdom... If if maybe maybe you're not a wise man, I failed a whole bunch. I but failed a but whole wisdom, bunch and learned wisdom stuff from finds it. a way to creep in, kind of like belly fat as we age. It just shows up, whether we try or not. 
Wisdom is like belly fat. I like Write that. Write that shit down. We'll put yeah, that. There you go. That's some fucking copywriting right there. You yeah, see? Yeah. And you know where that gem came from? I don't fucking know. I don't fucking care. I just said it. So if, as long as you keep writing and not give a fuck, you'll then have your belly gems. fat. Then your yeah. belly fat just increases. Yeah. So yeah. anyway. So I yeah. You're, uh, you're saying I was older and wiser. I don't even know what that means. Yeah. The, or you, why? You might not fall prey to the. Oh, remember when I was good and I used to enjoy it? Because you, you don't have that, that... You're past that moment of midlife crisis and loss that I'm, well, I'm, I'm currently I, going through. Like, you you're have going won, through. Officially, well, I am middle-aged. You have my won perspective that, is, that debate. I don't think I am good. I don't care if I'm good. That's, I, maybe that's the difference. And, yeah, and, I know. And I've, I've, <laughs> I know, exactly. This is the thing I felt like when I was doing theater in Chicago. I didn't give a shit if people thought it was good as long as it was, as long as I thought it was good. I mean, ultimately, it's, and again, I'm not going to say that it's like, oh, I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to be a GGL and I'm going to wipe my ass with a flag and take a piss on the audience. And What's somehow, a GGL? GG Allen. Oh, 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 gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to, I don't get, you know, but my perspective with the theater we're doing is like, why the fuck not? Let's just do this and let's see what happens. And as long as at the end of the day, I enjoyed it, I didn't give a shit if anybody else did. I wanted, sure, I wanted other people to like it because I liked it and I wanted mm-hmm. it to like, you know, and I always said a great, a good director is somebody that can direct a play. A great director is one who can direct a play in such a way that there are other people that agree with that vision. That's what a great director is. A great yeah. director is just somebody that, that enough people can go, yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. I see what that person sees and I agree, you know? Yeah. They, you know, There's- and... It's. I don't know if you can see. And it I think the that's about. I think. I think the same thing about writing is 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 a good writer can write sentences and, and communicate a thought. A great writer can write sentences and communicate a thought that enough people can see from the same angle and go, "I get it." Mm-hmm. You know? And a, and a lot of that getting there is writing shit that they don't get that they don't want to read. You just, but you constantly. have to keep. Yeah, you have to keep going. Yeah. There was. I don't know if you can see it off my shoulder from the picture, but I've got a. Uh, a statue, an award. I see it. Spring Flicks 99 first place campus-wide competition. So, sophomore year in college, there was a, a film competition. Um, Spring Flicks. And wait, okay, wait a minute. I'm going to let you explain this. Yeah. Y- you, mm-hmm. how old are you? I, it's 41. You're 41 years yep. old. Yep. And you still have yeah. a trophy from when you were in college. Yeah, don't skip ahead, Don. I don't even know where my fucking college diploma is. There's no guarantee that you have one. Well, it, that's true. There's no guarantee. I'm pretty sure I've got one. Call the registrar. I want to. I want proof. Yeah, I've got transcripts somewhere. Yeah. Uh, anyway, no. But here's why that this trophy has come with me all for all these years because. So sophomore year, I see the poster for Spring Flicks. And I'm like, huh, I'll make a short film. I don't know. I've never done it. No, fuck it. Why not? I'm a creative, funny guy. Okay. And I, and I sat down and I wrote literally, I went into like my old uh, roommates. He was living in a dorm, um, a different dorm. And so I went into my, my buddy's dorm and I sat down. And I was like, hey, do you want to do this thing with me? I've got this idea. I'm going to write it about uh, the Board of Regents and... Uh, I, we'll, we'll use like our G, my GI Joe figures because I've got some GI Joe figures, and uh, we'll just like do stop motion 
And he's like, yeah, whatever. So I took like a piece of paper and a pencil and I just like scribbled the shit down like on a piece of scratch paper, scribbled the script down, had never written an official script, got the G.I. Joe figures, got a camera, um, made like just the junkiest student film with no money. And my buddy and I, we did each, the two of us did three voices for each thing with these stupid G.I. Joe figures um, lampooning the, the Board of Regents, you know, who runs the university system in, in Nevada. I submit the film, and it fucking wins first place. And it was the most, like, stupidest idea. Just me shitting something out. I don't know. It'll just be fun to do. It'll just fuck around with my buddy and do some voices and play with G.I. Joe figures. And I won. And that was the first moment when I realized, oh, there's something to this. There's talent. There's fun. There's recognition. There's people respond to it, like you were just talking about. And the reason that I carry it with me and that I have it, you know, not on, like, display for the world to see. Like, it's not a fucking Oscar. And even then, like, eh, whatever. But it's it's in those moments when I'm like, God, I, I'm not even good anymore. I turn and I go, no, no, you were. Just do that again. Just sit down. Don't give a shit. And just have fun. Have fun with it. That's just, okay. It's just a reminder. That's a tattoo. It's, it's like a tattoo for you. Like All right, got fair the, enough, fair enough. That's it's a what reminder. It is. Okay, yes. that's fair. It's a reminder it's, it is not that you... A, hey, Don, I won I, I won a film competition. Yeah, it's like when I see that, 21 my first thought is, is David, do you ago. still have your high school letter jacket and then you put it on as a 40-year-old man and go watch the football games of, the, of, the, of your alma mater? Because that shit's pathetic. I still have my high school letterman jacket. Oh, Jesus. Here's why. It's insanely warm, and for like walking the dog, just to quickly throw it on. It's that's why I carry it because it's insanely warm. I I never I wore that thing at cross country meets in high school. That was it. Well, see, that's why that's why I still have. The I never went to. That's a why I still had the girlfriend that didn't like my car because she was very warm, and I just like to wear it around the house. Sure. Yeah, I get that. Sure. I get yeah. that. Yeah. No. There you go. But no, I mean, but that's that. Uh, that trophy is just it's my tattoo. It's the reminder that you know I don't think about it all the time. I don't. I'm not always showing it off. I never show it off. I mean, it's fucking collecting it's, dust. Yeah, on the top it's all of, You know. Yeah. Um, I think I showed it off in 1999 when I won it. Like it was like on top of the TV stand. You know, like right at, because that's that was all we had, right? It I was don't a think new. I have, it was a new I'm, award. I'm looking around on my shit. Um, I've got a lot of shit. I mean, as, as you know, my wife thinks I decorate like a fucking Bennigan's. Um, <laughs> which is which is not far from the truth. I just have a lot she's of not shit. Wrong, yeah. No, she's not wrong at all. Um, but I look around. I don't think I have a single award of any kind anywhere. I mean, the closest. I guess the closest thing I can say that I've got an award is I've got a, a Metro thirty fifth anniversary button. And well, and the reason that is, is to that me, an award? well, it's not an award, but it was that that was like I I hosted, I right, hosted right. the Metro's 35th anniversary party, mm-hmm. you know, and they they hired me to be the host, and that was a really big thing for me, and I was really yeah. excited about yeah, it. That is a so big deal. I I so it's not really an award; it's just the button that they had made for it. But I, it's like, oh, okay, I'm looking, but that's probably the closest thing I have to an award of. Any kind, um, I've got it. My well, mom bought me. A, but again, a, you have the tattoos. I do have the tattoos. That's, that's fair. That, like that's I said, fair. like that. That. All right, that's just fair. Because that is an award. I mean, I could, if it would, 
if it would make you feel better, if it would make you feel better, I will get that trophy tattooed on me, and then I will okay. throw the trophy away. You know what? Next tattoo, because um, we're not going to talk about the tattoo that Dana got me, um, which isn't that bad. Um, oh, God, I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, I know. Well, I never look at it. And then you've said that. And I went, oh, that's right. I did get a tattoo <laughs> on my shoulder with a you know retarded boy. And, uh, uh, you know, whatever. It's actually, no, the thing about it is, is, is I've seen it since. It's actually healed up quite nicely. It's a gorgeous tattoo. It's mm-hmm. just that that little boy head. Yeah. The little boy head just, if you look closely, I mean, if you look at it from a distance, yeah, it looks fine. Right. I don't have to look at it because it's on my back. Yeah. So I never fucking see it because, you know, we don't have a we don't have a mirror on our ceiling to watch as fuck. So I can't, uh, Yeah. I never get a chance to see my I recommend back. that. Get it, the mirror on the ceiling and a bidet. Those are the two things that I recommend. Yeah, I, I, to, those are yeah. your recommendations. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. So at this point, at this point, we're, we're going to talk about next week, we're going to talk about Cobra Kai. <laughs> we could just wait till season four. Yeah, maybe we'll wait <laughs> until that. Maybe we'll just keep teasing. We'll keep teasing uh, our three audience members with the Cobra Kai conversation. <laughs> but uh, l- l- we're, we're, let's definitely talk about Cobra Kai next week. Sounds good. Um, and uh, and maybe see if we can get uh, you know another middle aged white guy to to weigh in. All right. About Cobra Kai. That's that sounds that like for, a nice nice well, balanced it, conversation. It for, well, it forces us to actually uh, yeah talk about Cobra Kai. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Simeon cohort. Here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. All right, so my first thing this week uh, is so <coughs> a what or no? It's a listen. Sorry, um, it's a podcast that I stumbled across. Um, it, well, first it's, it's on Spotify. It's exclusively on Spotify. It's a Spotify original podcast called 60 Songs That Explain the 90s. So I'm just getting into this. The reason that I found this is because at Joe, I didn't, I didn't watch all of Biden's inauguration, inaugural ball, like virtual ball stuff things, but apparently the New Radicals performed their, their big hit, You Get What You Give. Do you remember this song from 1998? No, it's the one. The, the end was like uh, where he talks about kicking Marilyn Manson's and Hanson's ass. Um, you got the I, music in you. Don't let go. You got the music in you. One dance left. The world is gonna pull through. That one. No, nothing. No. No. no okay. That, no. Anyway, I don't remember that song? Sorry. So apparently, this was that song was like. <laughs> I really like that song. It's. Pop fluff that the leader of the New Radicals, Greg Alexander, has gone on to be a great songwriter. He was nominated for an Oscar a couple years ago for the movie Begin Again. Um, but they're really like a one-hit wonder band that kind of self-imploded uh, after their one album came out. Um, but anyway, this is apparently like the Biden family fight song, their theme song, that Bo, when... It's just... Anyway, so... <laughs> It's like I got I got deep into this thing because this they performed it at Biden's thing, and then there was a story that came out about the band and the song, and I got sucked into it. And anyway, that's how I discovered this podcast. So it's a good intro if you're familiar with the song. Give it a listen. Rob Sheffield chimes in on the podcast. Uh, it's a lot of fun, and it's a really interesting. If you grew up in the '90s and like those are your you know that's kind of your your music touch point in some ways. Uh, it's it's a it's a fun it's a fun and interesting podcast. A music nerd podcast. 
There you go. All right. All right. Uh, uh, my first thing, I'm doing the same first, I'm doing the same things I did last week that we didn't get. Who would know? That's exactly right. So my first thing is um, I love Fran Leibowitz. Always love Fran Leibowitz. I love, I love her writing. Um, always thought she was very funny. There's a documentary uh, on Netflix right now called Pretend It's a City. It's uh, directed by Martin Scorsese. Um, it's him interviewing her and then following her walking around New York. Like yelling at people. I could well the thing is I could watch just film of her just literally walking <laughs> through New York, just sort of like gun, 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 and then just like looking at people with disdain. She's uh-huh. just so disgusted by everyone. Uh-huh. It's so goddamn funny. And then watching Scorsese That's who loves her part. so much. She makes him laugh so fucking hard and it is the most authentic. It's, yep. He just laughs full body laughs at everything she says. It is a it's a very it, it's like I think it's like six parts, six or eight six, parts. Yes, I think it's six, yeah. Yeah, but it's really good. It's totally worth your time. I highly recommend it. Yeah, it's it is great. Um, my next thing is also a listen, another podcast called Literary Disco. Uh, it's hosted by author Todd Goldberg, Julia Pistel, and Ryder Strong. Uh, you might remember remember Ryder Strong or recognize Ryder Strong from Boy Meets World. He played mm-hmm. Sean. Um, anyway, so it's writers talking about reading. And dive into this specifically at episode 186. Uh, it's an, they've got George Saunders, author George Saunders on there, um, talking about talent and writing it's a little like what we talked about today um, yeah but yeah it's it's a, it's a really good, it's a really interesting podcast it's probably what you know what we should do more of but we're busy talking about fucking tv shows that we never get to talking yeah about cobra kai but anyway it's it's a, it's a good podcast and it will complement ours nicely all right that'll work sure um my second <laughs> is a read um you know, and I and I know we said that we would never talk about uh, you know he who shall not be named uh-huh. in Mar-a-Lago, uh-huh. um, but one of the things that's been fascinating to me is you know seventy five million people voted for that jackass, yeah, and you know the easiest thing for the woke to do is go they're all a bunch of pieces of shit, you know. Um, yeah. It's more complicated than that. We've we've got our friend who's sort of a deep conspiracy theorist, and and we're sort of like, how do you talk to this person that we you know have such great respect for? I still and think he's, he's trolling us. I think he's fucking with he, us. But. He, he might be fucking with us, but it's so specific. Anyway, it, the the question <laughs> becomes: How does someone normal? How does someone just like a regular person? Become this QAnon fucking all the way over. Well, it's in the New Yorker. It's an article came out a couple weeks ago. It's called "The Georgia Dad Who Said That He Wanted to Kill Nancy Pelosi," mm-hmm. and this is a story of just a regular Georgia guy, you know, a little older, um, who just got sucked into the QAnon and all of the conspiracy theories, and just kind of went. Went from just like a just a guy you just see in the grocery store and you go, hey, I, it's the weather, you know, whatever, to a fucking raving lunatic who literally yeah. threatened to kill Nancy Pelosi uh, on the Capitol breach. So it all it, st- all it of is it. really worth reading. It it's all, really worth reading. All of us start out simple and innocent and benign enough. I mean, even Hitler just wanted to play catch with his dad. No, he wanted. To, he was an artist. Oh right, he was afraid of balls. Um, anyway, yes, yeah, I did read that. It's it's interesting. Uh, it's a good read. Let's talk about Hitler's balls. Or no, let's talk about my th- my third thing. It's a watch. 
It's Watch Hitler's Balls. It's Watch Hitler's Balls. It's a documentary made by Martin <laughs> Scorsese, and it features Hitler's balls. And it's just it's just Hitler's balls walking around walking Berlin. Walking around Berlin, yeah. Just walking just with around. such disdain for the Jews His and the balls, Catholics. Every time he walked by a Catholic or a gay, the balls would shrink and up a little bit. I, say, I yeah. just, I love the way that Scorsese just l- laughs at the balls at and the, balls. the stories. Like it's the, just so authentic, and you can tell that, that Martin Scorsese and and Hitler's balls are just are, they're real friends. Like they're they real really friends. get each other. Yeah. What's your third thing? WandaVision on Disney Plus. So you're liking it? I don't know yet. I How mean, many episodes? I, I'm three episodes in now. So you've watched the three episodes. Yeah. It's it's a slow burn to what's I don't mind like a slow burn. Something's happening. It's like as they're getting <sighs> like all the all the fluff around it to like the the secret whatever's like really happening, the the action um, intrigue of it all. It's it's covered with a lot of like sitcom fluff but it's like annoying sitcom fluff and I, I can't decide if it's like I get the camp I get the kitsch of it but it's kind of annoying me because it's like it's it feels unbalanced but I know it's it's building towards something so I'm being patient with it all right um, well I, you know I'm so. gonna wait I'm I'm gonna give it a like I said uh I'm so I think I said this last week is uh yeah, I, I'm not willing to, to drop the $10 a month on yeah. Disney Plus until they get more than Cars 3 on it. Um, and, <laughs> well, they've got uh, the whole Cars collection. There's Cars 1, 2, 3, yeah, all the cartoons, exactly. like little three-minute things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I'm not I'm not buying, I'm not they spending $10 more. a month to watch that bullshit. But I still haven't seen the second season of Mandalorian, and I'm waiting for a few more Marvel offerings to... Mm-hmm pop their ugly little head up before I go, all right, I'm going to drop the money and now I'm going to start yeah. watching because I've got a million streaming things. But all right, so yeah. you recommend at this point. I think um, it would be better if they would just have released like all, let's just say, t- I don't know how many episodes are in a season, but if they had just like, boom, dropped it and done it, you know, the way Netflix just well, they're doing it. Well, they're doing it the way Amazon does it and, and CBS, yeah. you know, it's like, I get it, I get it. That's There's nothing wrong with that. Speaking of watching something that, uh, that I mean, I'm so far off uh, I mean, this is years fucking old. This is years old. This is mm-hmm. pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. But I, I got HBO Max, and I was uh, this is a couple weeks ago. I'm just like, I want to watch something, and I, I'd, I'd heard about this show. Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Kidman, fucking Laura Dern. It's like, all right, you know what? All right, I'll watch an episode of it, and then I fucking binged two fucking seasons of it inside a night. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. Big Little Lies. Yeah. God. Damn, is that a good show? It is so well written, so well performed. In the second season, all about fucking Meryl Streep. So it's like it's it's it is it is highly. Watchable. I don't think I I, I, I really loved it. it. I watched both of them, both both seasons, and I I love them. I don't think the second season would have been as enjoyable if Streep hadn't been in it. Well, the thing is, that's what they did. Is like the first season is. We start the whole thing is somebody died mm-hmm. and somebody killed that person mm-hmm. and we're not going to fucking tell you who died or who killed that person until the fucking last episode of the first season. Well, now you've you've had this entire, you've got all this great character development, all these great like, and any one of them, it was like uh, Orient Express, any one of them could have been the killer, right? Yeah. And any one of them could have been killed. So it was actually really fun, really well written. Okay, now we've just revealed who is dead and who killed him. How do we do a second fucking season of this shit? Because you can't play the same game. Mm-hmm. Well, the game they said was the person that was killed, Meryl Streep's 
that person's mother. Yep. Oh, fuck. Yep. Oh, my God. And she's fucking relentless and, uh-huh. and so passive aggressive. I just was and thrilled. I, that's what's oh, interesting God, is that you, you could watch that. And even with um, uh, Flight Attendant, you didn't know. Like, the, these are these mysteries, these thrillers yeah. that they build. WandaVision, I think, is doing the same thing. It's doing thing. that, it's, exactly. It's, except that with each episode of um, the Big Little Lies and the, the Flight Attendant, you're, you're getting a, a little piece of the puzzle with each episode. I don't feel like I'm getting any more piece. I've got I've three episodes of WandaVision. I feel like I have maybe one piece of the puzzle. I, you know what I mean? Like I feel like it needs yeah. to be a little more giving. What I, just a little bit. Would, just a little what bit. I would what I would argue and I and, and and I I haven't watched any of it, so what the fuck do I know? But I would argue No, please that talk about it then. I would well what I you know, what I would argue <laughs> is given given Marvel's uh Marvel's game plan and yeah. how how sophisticated that world building is, mm-hmm. I think there are probably clues that you don't realize are clues and you'll find out totally. that they're clues later. Yeah. Because they're so good at building these yes. little fucking things and everything fits together so well. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Twenty three fucking films. They end up. I mean, right. it's yeah. It's a and complete I, and that's story. Just it. So. Like, I, I fully, fully trust them. Yeah, and yeah. I have no doubt that when all let's again, I don't know how many episodes, but let's just say ten. When those all come out, and I go back and watch all of them again, like yeah, you know, it'll, be, like, it'll be even more amazing. It's like, oh, there's that, and holy shit, I didn't recognize yeah. that the first time. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like watching right. Breaking Bad, but anyway. There you go. And that, my friends, is the show we will. I promise we're going to talk about Cobra Kai. I'm not going to promise next week, although that's the goal. We'll get to it at some point. Sure. You know what? Here's the thing, Don. Don't give a fuck. We're just going to let the shit ride. Yeah, let it ride, motherfucker. Bye-bye. You can listen to the Literate Apecast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com.